Welcome to the Rare Earth Podcast, a place where I bring in rare individuals to have rare conversations. My name is Manoj, your host, and now let's get the show started. Hey guys, uh, today I have a guest who's immensely liked and respected in the fitness space. His name is Devrat Vijay. aka ninja dev uh, that is how he is popularly known on the insta world uh, really to do justice to this conversation you must actually go to instagram first have a look at ninja dev and you will be just amazed the physique he's got and a lot of men would die for uh, just to share some of his credentials uh, he's a ifa master trainer what does ifa stand for uh, it stands for international fitness aerobic academy he is the first ever master instructor for animal flow <laughs> another exercise form that we will get into detail in this conversation uh, he is a co-founder of academy of strength a functional training gym in bangalore along with his friend sohail he also runs a online training program called as sweaty ninjas uh, with his friend uh, shweta another incredible coach in this episode we talk about his uh, early years his foundational beliefs his thoughts on marriage and relationship few funny stories never shared before and of course uh, we do touch upon uh, fitness and health some tips that he would share dave is one of those most uh, gentle and soft spoken coaches out there i really have uh, ever met he comes across as somebody who does not brag about who he is you really will feel a sense of connect when you're sitting with him very very tranquil very very calm guy Uh, this recording in fact was done uh, in his gym uh, and you know when it was being recorded there was a little bit of sound so you may hear uh, some disturbances apart from that this is like purely gold so please enjoy my conversation with devrath vijay dev welcome to the show i am really delighted to have you on board on the rare earth podcast thank you thank you manoj pleasure Uh, you've been somebody who I've been following for quite a number of years, you know, since your outfit days. And you, you're one of those few members out there as coaches who's got a very different philosophy to the fitness and health. And you really follow that beat, uh, right. to say. Uh, so you pretty much are not somebody who's just changing the tunes based on how the market is changing. Uh, you've been very consistent with the messaging. You've been very consistent with the philosophy that you've been following. So I'm a huge fan. So thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, there are a lot of segments and there are a lot of questions that I really want to dive in. But uh, we'll start with something which is recent Instagram post that you had put, mm. looking extremely happy, holding a little snake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm right. wondering what's the story behind that. <laughs> well, um, I'm somebody who's very fascinated with animals. doesn't really matter what animal it could be a reptile it could be a mammal it could be a bird but i connect with i guess life in general so it doesn't really have to be human life and uh, snakes are something that's always kind of intrigued me and but i never really got the chance to handle a snake you know i've i've had a lot of friends who are into doing this uh, herping etc and um, handling snakes rescuing snakes but i hadn't really held a snake ever i'd seen a bunch of snakes of course but So this was the first time and then when I heard my friends are going herping which is you know the activity of looking for nocturnal animals uh, reptiles and basically in the night so we had all our flashlights and so it was a fun kind of walk that we did a night walk 
and yeah within no time these guys happened to find like <laughs> some of these snakes and fortunately they were non venomous <laughs> so it was still kind of a bit nervous but the thing that really interests me about snakes is the fact that most of them are stone dead right they can't oh. really hear too much but oh, really? but their sense of perception is is very very strong they are able to so apparently they can gauge if if there's like an earthquake or a tsunami coming and it's like thousands of miles away they can still sense it because okay. their level of perception is so strong and one of the things that they can sense is energy and uh, it's interesting because if you are somebody who's a bit agitated if there is fear if there is some kind of aggression in you they can immediately sense it and then that's when they will probably bite mm. or kind of defend themselves but if you are calm if you're just you know holding the snake with good intentions <laughs> uh then yeah it was pretty cool so that was amazing just to hold that snake uh, yeah uh, i think your post uh, pretty much was you know describing the fact that it can actually sense the emotion one is going through if you just yes. fear then you could really uh, you could have a reaction uh, yes. to that that feeling absolutely and and you know if you think about it it teaches you so much it just teaches you to be calm you don't have a choice i mean once you pick up the snake <laughs> if you have any negative thoughts then <laughs> karma instant karma <laughs> I, th- i think uh, tranquility and peace is the last thing while i'm holding the snake for sure but then <laughs> it's very interesting so yeah. i just wanted to hear your side of the story and uh, generally we do not see people with a chilled out look <laughs> when they're holding a reptile so it was fascinating right. it was the first time for me and i'm sure it's not going to be the last <laughs> and and how do you how do you answer when people ask you devrat what do you do what's what's your answer to that question hmm interesting question i mean of course i i get asked this a lot to be honest sometimes i don't know what to say and i kind of probably answer according to the person who's <laughs> asking me the questions i mean my of course my first answer is that i'm from the fitness industry it's just that because i do so many things i can't really put myself into one category so it would be wrong to just say i'm a fitness trainer it would be wrong to just say i'm a coach it would be wrong to just say i'm in the uh, i own a gym or i i run an online training business i do a bunch of things so i would like to just say that i am from the fitness industry and if somebody really then delves into it and wants to know more then i maybe give them a little bit more information as to what i do okay okay yeah. and so if you, if you're in a flight i know this was uh, much before the covid and you have a passenger next to you right. so uh, so it depends on the mood of the person and yeah. the inquisitiveness i guess exactly exactly okay. because uh there's so much to talk right. and uh so it really depends on how the question is framed i guess and also what what the what the person wants to know <laughs> <laughs> you you've been active uh, from a very uh, very early stage in your life mm. actually you've been you know when i when i looked up about you you've been a very uh, you know athletic guy you've been active it's it's not a story of somebody who was obese and then really sure. did a transformation what keeps you uh, you know really interested in this this line of work fitness yeah. and health uh is is there a trigger point for that um i think a bunch of things uh i was always into sports when i was a kid uh i did play for my school cricket team and that kind of how it started and i was always the outdoor person um i was at least 30 shades darker than i was <laughs> <laughs> back in school because i was always out in the sun and uh i think the human body uh really interested me that's one of the reasons why i also took up biology as one of my subjects in in uh, my 11th and 12th it's just i also was very interested so i was so interested in the human body that i wanted to be a doctor at one point really yeah but i didn't take it up because of the fact that i knew i had to study for another 8 years <laughs> which i wasn't really prepared for 
Uh, so, so yeah, that kind of took a backseat. But then I realized that being a trainer, I can still kind of, you know, learn so much about the human body, understand how things work, how you can just change certain things in your environment and, you know, make a drastic difference in not just your outside appearance, but also from in the gene level. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much, I think, how the things kind of interested me. And then after that, it's just been a constant journey of, of learning. Mm. And that's never really stopped. Uh, are you the only son or you have siblings? I have, a, I have an older brother. Okay. Yeah, uh. he, he's, uh, so actually, yeah, I have him to thank uh, for me to be this active, I think, because as kids, I, was, I would pretty much do whatever he did. So he was in the school <laughs> cricket team and I was in the cricket team. And then he would get into, let's say, martial arts. And then I got into martial arts. So a lot of the things that I did back then was because of him. And uh, we were really, really physically uh, active. When ah, I say okay. that, like, if you ask any of my extended family, if they ask us, if if you ask them about both of us, then all they'll say is these guys were just fighting all the time. <laughs> and like really hardcore physical fights. Yeah. So this is something that I joke about all the time. Just when uh, I got physically stronger and bigger, we stopped fighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, unfair. That's really right? unfair. Yeah, yeah, because he's three years older, so he was, he was stronger than me for a long time. And uh, but but he's he's still very active. Uh, of course, not uh, professionally like me, but he's 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 based in Sydney now, and he's into sales and marketing. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so you guys were extremely competitive as brothers then. Yes. Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And that kind of um, and as I said, like you know, because we were so much into like fighting and kind of always into sports, that kind of also pushed me to get into martial arts, and that was pretty much my first, I would say. Uh, step into the fitness mm. industry. Mm. Uh, and what do you think your, your parents think you do? <laughs> if I were to ask well, <laughs> your mother, you know, what does Devrat do? Um, I think that has evolved over the years and now I think they have a better understanding of what I do. But initially when I wanted to make that switch from the corporate world to fitness, they were like, are you sure you want to be a gym trainer, right? You know, that's right. the perception. Like, right. are you going to be really training people in the gym? after studying this long, you know, doing an engineering degree and like working in IBM for about a year and a half, are you sure you want to give up this five and a half years of whatever that you did? Go and train people in the gym. So, but I think now they understand that it's not just a gym instructor in quotation marks. Right. Uh, it's, it's a lot more than that. So now mm. they understand that because they also see uh, my work on social media or like uh, whatever media coverage that has happened. Uh, people talk to obviously you know they hear a lot about me from uh, other people from yeah. other people so so they see that lives are being changed yeah so and and the perspectives are changing now yeah, yeah. absolutely okay. and uh, speaking about your corporate career so you you were a software engineer now uh, yeah. I, I use the word were because you do not actively pursue <laughs> software sure. engineering anymore sure. uh, and uh, you were working with IBM yes so when you really made a decision to really let go of your corporate career and actually mm -hmm. make a deep dive into yeah. fitness, uh, what were the questions which were running in your mind that time? Like it, it is not a, I think this was how many years back? This was, I think in 2011, 2011. So that's almost, almost a decade. decade. Uh, so that time, I don't know. I, I don't think the Bangalore market or, or in our country, mm -hmm. people were so open to the idea of really going full fledged into uh, unconventional territory. Sure, right. Sure. And you did that. Yeah. Uh, so what were the doubts or the questions that you were dealing with then? Right. Right. It's uh, a good question. So yes, at that point, 2011, there was not so much, there was nothing really called functional training back then, at least in India. There was just like one, maybe one gym that kind of a CrossFit gym that opened up, which was, I think, pretty much the first one in South India. So the concept of 
fitness was still you know bodybuilding going to the gym either you do cardio on the machines or you lift weights and you do some weight training or you use some of these machines but there wasn't really a concept of training athletically and all of the other stuff that we see now like mobility training or like you know animal flow and functional training etc so uh, for me the reason why i would say it was fairly easy for me to make that decision to switch was because i wasn't really in love with what i was doing in the software world if i was then it would have been like a hard decision to make saying okay you know what i like this too but i want to do fitness which is also great but for me it was it was pretty obvious that it was very black and white for yeah, you yeah i was like cuz i can't i cannot do something just for the sake of doing it and that's something that stayed with me all these years so it was very easy for me to make the switch saying that okay you know what fitness is something that i want that i'm really really interested in it doesn't matter if uh there is no market for it right now but if you're really good at something you're going to create that market right so that kind of but but yes as you said it was a difficult decision coming from the fact that there were not that many opportunities like for example now i know uh, some of you know we get a lot of interns in the gym in the academy of strength as well and it's easy for i would say relatively easy for these guys now because there is already a set path right they've seen so many of their peers or their seniors who have gone through this kind of journey and it's easy for them to see um where they can go but when when i started in 2011 the only people that i could draw inspiration from were people outside of india right. so i used to get in touch with a lot of trainers outside of india write them emails ask them what are the certifications that i can do what is the path that you followed and fortunately some of them replied so i kind of got but because there was nobody in india who was doing it so i couldn't really reach out to anybody in the country so that was a bit of a challenge i would say just to but i just kind of i think went straight into it without really thinking too much i really want to dive into the conversation that you had with your dad or mom <laughs> when you said you're just going to let go of your ibm career yeah. how, how was that evening or morning <laughs> <laughs> i'm just wondering um i think it was they probably saw it coming like it wasn't like one day i just woke up and i'm like you know i'm done because my routine <laughs> with ibm was very funny like when i went to office uh, firstly you know you're part of this big organization and you join as a fresher so there's actually not much work in the beginning right, right. so you're just there and if there is work they'll give it to you whatever but otherwise most of the time you're just sitting there and you know they are expecting you to study or you know get better at certain skills so for me to be very honest like i hope nobody's hearing <laughs> this from ibm but i was j- all i would do is i would just go in the morning do whatever a little bit of work that was there and then just rest of the day just read fitness articles on the on the system and i would wait for that one and a half hours that i would go to the ibm gym so there was a gym there and then there was a trainer there so i used to train under him back then and this is when i hadn't really started functional training so i was still into like bodybuilding and lifting heavy and stuff so i was i was literally like this outcast like because everybody is you know super into work and you know the fitness is not really their priority but i'm sitting there with like 20 egg whites in my, in my in my box and eating like 15 bananas so this is a point when i was trying to put on a lot of weight and yeah. um you know just doing very hardcore bodybuilding and bodybuilding diet which i of course would not you know do now but this is this was my routine so i would just like you know go to the gym finish that come back again read some fitness articles and about in about few months i realized that this is not really my scene and i also then started to kind of look for opportunities and see where there are any vacancies etc in gyms and then then find and i and my parents kind of knew that this was happening mm-hmm. so it wasn't like a shock to them and finally yeah when i did get awake i went through like a couple of interviews in a in a, in a gym in a luxury uh, in a chain of uh, luxury gym called zella 
and then i got like an opportunity to become uh, the gym manager there mm-hmm. so had like a couple of interviews so when all that went through is when i kind of broke it to them so yeah so they were i mean of course as i said you know they were like oh you are changing your career completely are you right. sure about this and blah 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 because again you know there's no set path but then then i'd kind of and and they know i'm the kind of person who once i make up my mind there's no going back oh okay so <laughs> uh, so th- that's another another interesting point i think in in india at least we see a, a lot of dominance of the decision making process driven by the parents sure uh, and uh, you at that stage in your life pretty much were a independent decision maker and yeah. uh, that also shows a lot about your upbringing the, the way your parents yeah. really yeah. gave you the liberty could you sure. speak a little about that sure sure Um I would say my parents also have evolved over the years which is nice. Um my dad was pretty strict you could say in a in certain ways because obviously you know coming from his background and the way that he was brought up and you know he worked really hard to achieve whatever he did. So I understand from where he was coming from in terms of you know always wanting me to do well in studies or like getting a good job uh, you know basically having that security. But I guess I always even though I was up to all kinds of mischief I somehow always made sure that I got good grades. Uh I made sure that whatever I was doing academically was was not compromised. So I think they were in that sense okay with me doing other things because I was always into either dancing or kickboxing or like part of the uh, cricket team as I said. So I was always doing all of these other things but in at the same time I was still doing well in studies. Um so I think that way they were okay. So even when I made this kind of decision I think somehow in the back of their head they knew that this guy knows that he'll be okay yeah where you know? he's heading yeah 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 so it wasn't maybe for them too much of a uh, a risk factor mm. so yeah okay uh, shifting gears you uh, represent uh, animal flow you are you're one of yeah. the uh, master uh, master certified animal flow yes, instructor in the country master yeah. master instructor uh, and uh, shweta as a Shweta's other person right yes. so uh th- this is a this is a very you know it's a niche that people do not know so much about mm. if I, if i were to go out there and speak to people and say have you heard of animal flow i think they'll give a very puzzled look you have chosen uh, a field which is not so popular and not so much in demand as compared to the conventional you know uh, things out there why have you chosen animal flow and could you tell us a little about what is animal flow sure So um just to give you like a a brief description animal flow is a ground based movement which basically involves you being on your all fours or your limbs and you are as the name suggests mimicking certain animal movement patterns but other than that there's also a lot more that's happening so it gives you a chance to kind of reconnect to your own body because there is no external implement involved you're not really lifting any weight or using a machine it's pretty much just you and your body so you work a lot with your breath you work a lot with different joints you work in moving in different planes of motion and and the way that you move uh is very hard to replicate in any other form of training so it has a lot of benefits right from building strength to mobility to creating flow so you're you're also kind of keeping your your brain engaged there's a lot of mind muscle connection which is usually not there when you're doing other stuff like you know you see people in the gym running on the treadmill watching television or like you know uh things like that so so yes you are burning calories but um you're not really engaging your mind and animal flow is exactly the opposite there is no way that you can do this without really engaging the mind so there's that's one of the greatest benefits of it for me 
uh, as I was saying earlier, I started with bodybuilding and, you know, lifting heavy. But of course, before that, I had some experience in kickboxing and dancing. And that that's how my fitness journey started. So when I started to do bodybuilding and lifting heavy, what I noticed is, yes, I was getting stronger in that sense, which is, yeah, I was able to lift heavier. But I saw that a lot of other things were getting compromised. My mobility, my flexibility, my fluidity, the way that I was moving was changing, even though I was looking big and muscular. So I didn't really like that. So I started to kind of explore what else can I do because I did not want to stop uh, strength training because mm -hmm. I knew the benefits of that. And, you know, that's uh, something that I don't want to compromise. But at the same time, I knew that I can do other things to kind of balance it out. So then I started looking up stuff that I can do just with my body. How can I improve my mobility and flexibility? And I know yoga was always there and I kind of practiced that even now, but I wanted something a little bit more dynamic. And that's when I came across Animal Flow. I saw Mike Fitch, the creator of Animal Flow. I think I saw some of his videos and I was like, whoa, this is how I want to move. How is this guy moving like this? And then I started to do a little bit more research. And then I figured that there is somebody who's doing, uh, Richard, who's from the UK, who's, who, who is a master instructor, was coming down to India and doing certification. So I signed up for one of them. So I did my level one and level two and fortunately got to do a mentorship in Italy, in mm -hmm. Tuscany under Mike and some of the other master instructors, including Richard. So that was a great experience. It was about a week. Both Shweta and I went for it. And uh, Shweta, so in fact, to attend these mentorships, you need to be at least level one. Uh, you, you must have attended the level one workshop. Right. And back then, Shweta hadn't attended it. So she's not really big on certification. So she just wanted to learn the art and she learned it from me. But because we had to go and attend the mentorship, she had to fly all the way to Philippines, do her level one certification, wow. come back. Wow. So yeah, so both of us went for that. And that was great because not only did we get to learn under Mike Fitch, but also it was just, we got a little bit more deeper into the art of animal flow and understood it better. And things went well. And Mike was, Mike and Karen, the founders, were really happy with how Shweta and I understood animal flow and also our ability to coach or you know as trainers so then that's when they gave us the opportunity to be master instructors for india wow yeah. <laughs> quite a story yeah. though uh, uh, animal flow is it something which people are still uh, curious about and do you see a good inflow of people uh, mm. exploring this as a way of uh, you know working out and sure yeah yeah absolutely so um, you know as you said it's in india it's still kind of uh, growing People are not really fully aware about what animal flow is, but but I see how it's grown from, you know, when I started to now and how many people are into it now. It, it started in the US about eight or nine years back, you know, by Mike Fitch. And then now it's just kind of spread across the world and it's it's doing really well. And I think it's, um, it's, it's good because it, again, talks about more holistic in terms of, you know, not just looking a certain way which is unfortunately kind of taken uh, precedence over so many other things in, right. in in the fitness world and slowly now you know people are starting to talk about everything else that, mm. that if you look a certain way uh, if you look great but you don't feel great then what's the point of looking right. great so with animal flow you know as i was saying earlier because it improves your mobility it improves your range of motion it improves your quality of movement you are as at the end of the day going to feel better uh, and looking better is just a consequence, right? So that's how I look at fitness. So, so that way I feel, yes, definitely people are now exploring it. And I think it's going to grow really, really big in India as well as it, as it is in other parts of the world. Um, people are opening up to it. And then there's so much opportunity because it gives you a chance to um, 
be more creative which is not really there in other forms of fitness so so even somebody who has absolutely no experience in animal flow can pick up certain movements and then create their own flow in a matter of a week or two so mm. so that way it's very interesting it's a very creative way to explore further right yes, so yes and uh, it's been how many years you've been practicing animal flow now i think it's been about 3 years now 3 years okay so you <laughs> as as you stated earlier you're an early adopter to this right. art form right this uh, it, it comes under art form or a fitness form? well it, it is a fitness form but you could call it an art yeah. form because there is an element of art like it. every time i've seen you guys do your move in animal flow it looks very graceful looks like a, yeah, yeah it, it's like a you know choreography which yeah. is go in, in yeah. progress yeah. it's beautiful actually yeah. so I, i love that because i i i did do some dancing back in the days so there is that dancer <laughs> in me which never has uh gone away and animal flow kind of gives me that opportunity to be uh, more expressive in movement right So when you started off uh, you know the the coaching business per se not not in a gym as such but if you when when you started with one on one coaching I'm curious about your first ever client how did you get your first ever client and what was that experience like if you can recollect wow. okay. Yeah so this was I think in Zella uh, the first gym that I joined and worked as gym manager and head trainer I don't to be honest I don't remember who my first very first client was but I still do remember my my days there and when I was working there so it was pretty interesting because you know I just done like a couple of certifications so the theoretical knowledge was there and the practical knowledge until then was just stuff me trying stuff on myself mm. rather than anybody else so it was a interesting um kind of phase where I was trying to um you know make that bridge going from training myself to training somebody else right right and uh, i think you know if you look at it you see obviously how not only is your our clients growing but you are also growing as a trainer and with every passing day you're learning something new you're you're trying different things you but at the same time it's not something that you can just uh, randomly do like a trial and error because at the end of the day it's somebody else's life and it's somebody else's health that you are so you have a certain responsibility So it's, it's it was interesting for sure. <laughs> I, I'm curious about uh, some of your early realization as as a coach. Mm. Uh, you know you had a perspective about coaching and then when you started it practically then you found out something. So are there any early realizations of that time? Mm I would say probably that uh, understanding that you cannot have cookie cutter kind of solution to everything. you can't just be like okay you know what this program worked for this person so which means that the next client that i'm getting i can give the same program yeah so so that's i think a pretty early realization saying that you know you every single body is different how each person reacts to f- certain kinds of food certain kinds of training is very different so unless you really understand your client and his needs and his abilities it's hard to just like randomly give somebody a program and expect things to work Yeah I I I completely agree with you. I think the human body is so complex. Yes. And uh, you're in a line of work which is you really cannot say one size fits all. You you really have to study, understand uh not only what they eat and do but also their lifestyle. Yes. And uh, and there are so many factors. So it's quite complicated the line of work that you're involved <laughs> in I feel. Yeah, yeah, especially personal training uh even though I don't do too much of it right now because of want of time but yes when you are working with somebody one on one you're not only their trainer but you're also their counselor you're their you know confidant so you have to help them fix everything else mm. all other aspects of their life as well it's not just fitness and you'll see that it has a direct correlation to that if they are feeling great on a particular day you'll see that the workout's great they're eating great but one day if they're having let's say an off day at work or uh, at home it shows yeah. 
and um, you know as a trainer you can you know take that initiative and try to help them out through that because if they are feeling or if you can make them feel better mentally then there is definitely a carry over to their uh, physical yeah, fitness as well very interesting point and we see a lot of uh, fitness uh, instructors in gyms especially who are really well toned uh, mm. you you look at them they look very promising sure but their ability to relate with the client or the way they communicate yeah. uh, they really lack in that department unfortunately probably they haven't trained themselves in that area sure but you and shweta are uh, exceptionally good when it comes to understanding client and uh, you know you really take time to go through the process what they going through right uh, so how did you really develop that skill set to you know uh, improve your people management mm. or a skill with people sure yeah i mean i i did work in a bunch of gyms before i work as well as worked out in a lot of gyms before i actually started my own business so i did see how things are done in most gyms and i uh, and i remember even now that i hardly ever took advice from any of the gym instructors when i was working out and it was all just my research and what i felt was and i'm glad i did that because i saw that m- most of them and of course i don't want to generalize but most trainers had no idea uh what they were talking about it was just like something that they had heard from their instructor which was just passed on and there was very less science involved and you know it was just like okay whatever this is what i learned and this is what i'm going to teach you so uh and unfortunately that is still the case in most gyms in india i would say and of course it's it's changing now and it's evolving and it's great but uh there's still definitely lot of gyms which still follow the same method um so i saw this early on and i realized that this is uh, again a you know a gap in the market which can be filled and that was the uh, the whole intention behind getting into this and also trying to um, and that's the reason i also got into education becoming a master instructor for animal flow and years ago also a master instructor for international fitness and aerobics academy uh, another an academy called ifa from germany so the idea was to also teach and kind of understand the kind of lack of information that trainers have mm-hmm. and kind of you know bridge that gap yeah and then uh, that led you to really uh, go deep in understanding the subject and also passing it on as a teacher or an instructor yes right, yes right. yes and the thing is you know when i always say like teaching is one of the best ways to learn so for me also you know when i was when i was coaching and when i was taking these workshops every day even though i'm saying the same thing again and again uh it's it's a constant reminder for myself right. as well so so that way you know we yeah i think i was fortunately able to meet and uh train a lot of trainers all over the country country who are your few coaches uh, in the initial days uh, you know much before you met uh, mike which who were instrumental in shaping your philosophy for health who are who are those people if you can mm, recollect so if for me i don't think it was any trainer in particular or a coach in particular but what i really like uh, or what really always kind of caught my attention is people who focused on longevity rather than just looking a certain way so whether it's people who are into yoga or ayurveda or martial arts so all of these disciplines kind of uh look at fitness more as a way of life and that's what i connected with uh i so i didn't really connect with people who sold fitness in like you know six pack in 30 days or look this way or lose this many kgs in this many days that kind of stuff and that is very prominent in the market unfortunately but i always connected with people who are looking at it more from a longevity perspective and uh that's where i came from and and i was trying to see how we can 
kind of convince people that that is exactly how your fitness journey should be but at the same time keep it interesting for them because the minute you say okay think about the long term and if you start saying these things you're going to lose most people's attention because unfortunately you know because they've seen so much of marketing being done on social media uh the first thing they want is you know, to look a certain <laughs> way and in 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 a short span of time so it it's um i think how we educate clients is also important when they come in on that first day trying to make them understand okay this these are where you're lacking you know once we do an assessment and tell them what these issues could lead to whether it's posture or you know maybe their strength or uh, stamina whatever it is then make them understand that this is these are the things that you need to work on and if you work on these things these are all the benefits and one of the benefits is also that you're going to look good right i think so much of the industry is driven by aesthetics right yeah. people uh, are very very uh, short focused in terms of getting fast results yes. especially with your body yes. I, i wonder how can <laughs> that be done right so and it could cost them very dearly in terms of uh, some results seems uh, very fast and they are not long lasting enough right exactly yeah exactly so that's the thing you know even with all these diets um, people tend to put themselves through you know some really really hard diets but the the end result is that they give up within a few weeks and then they end up kind of being in a position which was a lot worse than what right. they were before and then somehow then in their heads they just feel that okay diets don't work or i'm never going to get i'm never going to look a certain way i'm never going to lose weight i'm never going to put on weight um so so it's very very imperative that we explain to them as trainers or coaches that it is not a short hmm. kind of goal and it's it has to be the long run yeah uh, so tying up to that point uh, so they uh, what is the advice that you hear most commonly given out there in, in especially in the fitness world which which sounds logical but actually mm. it is very incorrect right yeah i think there are quite a few <laughs> 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 one i would say is uh the whole philosophy of go hard or go home uh you know <laughs> you have this uh, trainer or coach trying to look all tough and saying that you know like look like a like a you know how these boot camps are run like by these army people so so you can't really so, so people unfortunately think that okay for me to be able to look a certain way i have to kill myself i have to sweat buckets i have to feel sore the next day so it's not that at all um if you get in a good session sometimes you might not even sweat at all like maybe not even a drop of sweat but you might have worked on your mobility and which might then transfer to you being able to kill the workout the next day you know so this whole concept of i have to kill myself to become fit is again you know it sounds like okay yeah. that's how things are because yeah you have to work hard to but not really you just have to work smart some days you might have to work hard some days you might need to take it easy so you know you don't put yourself in that situation where you kill yourself because if you are going to kill yourself every single day then you're going to hate doing it and then Absolutely. you can't sustain it wow <laughs> uh, yeah and then actually the one more thing which i'm sure you guys have heard a lot is um do this exercise for a six pack or do these uh crunches and get like a six pack so if you want to lose body fat percentage which is around your abdominal area it all boils down to how you're eating and what you're eating of course exercise is going to assist that and you're able to build whatever crunches or whatever core exercises you're doing is to build core strength it's not really to make the six packs visible if you want the six packs to be visible then you have to lose that belly fat right so it's as simple as that right. so you can do a thousand crunches <laughs> every half an hour but you're never going to get that six pack if you don't 
you know, sort your diet out. Have you had any client uh, who refused to listen to your advice, mm. uh, even though you, you, you have seen a lot of past clients who have got the results, but right. they're very strong about, hey, you know what, I need to do 1000 crunches or 500 crunches, right. and this is the way right. to go. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with situations like that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, of course, having been in the industry for so long, you're going to meet all kinds of people. You're going to have all kinds of clients. Uh, so yes, there are, of course, um, clients who don't listen. And so I'm the kind of person who will try to make people understand logically if what they need to do and what they shouldn't be doing. But at the end of the day, you're dealing with adults. So you can't really be a ringmaster and say like, mm. you know, this is exactly how you need to do it. If somebody need, wants to, or is feeling comfortable doing it a certain way, and as long as they're not hurting themselves, then I'm okay to give them a little bit of leeway for them to figure it out. I've already told you that this is not going to work, but if you want to do it, and if you think that it's going to work, you can give it a shot. Right. As long as you're not hurting yourself um, or somebody else around you. So, so that way I think, yeah, I leave it to them after giving them certain golden rules and making them understand what needs to be done. I also give them a little bit of leeway because you don't want to be that person who is just uh, not willing to listen. Right. So, yeah. uh, do you have any funny stories working with any client? <laughs> it could be um, current or old. Sure. Funny stories. You don't have to name names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm going to come back to this question. Let okay. me give it a thought. Okay. I'm sure something's going to come up. So I, I want to just uh, shift gears and ask, uh, so do you read books? Are you into reading and uh, sure. what, are, what are a few books which has been impactful in your, hmm. in your life? Yeah, no, I love reading books. There quite a few actually. And uh, I'm also very, I mean, of course, I also like reading fiction and stuff that uh, you don't really have to think too much. Hmm. But I think my uh, favorites are always the ones that are self-help and things that kind of make me think after reading a book and not just reading it for the sake of reading it. So if I have to name a few, I think Secret played a big role back in the day because that kind of introduced me to the concept of quantum physics and energy and uh, law of attraction. Um, and because back then, this is, you know, years ago, probably yeah, when I was just getting into the fitness industry, so probably a decade ago, and that was a very new concept for me at that point. And then just to, you know, understand that, okay, you know what, just with the way I think and just with my actions and words, I can change so much in my life, then opened up um, my mind to reading more similar books. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, uh, then I started reading stuff like Power of Now, Inner Engineering, uh, this recent book by Sadhguru called Death, which mm -hmm. gave me another very, very interesting perspective of just how you look at death and life and uh, all of Robin Sharma's books. So, so yeah, so these have, I think, played a pretty big role in, in how I think and how I, how I am today. And your philosophy towards life. Absolutely, know? yeah. So what are the things that you're currently working on to really improve yourself? Uh, mm. you know, so apart okay. from, of course, you're, you're in the fitness space for sure, yourself. Sure. Uh, but what are you, uh, you know, uh, actively pursuing? Personally, uh, I think one of the things that I end up doing is when I want to start something, could be a new project, could be some anything, I tend to wait till it's perfect. So I want to change that about me. <laughs> um, I think I tend to procrastinate because of that, where I feel like, okay, you know what, this is this product is not ready yet, so let me wait. But I think I need to learn how to just like jump into it and then you know figure it out on the way because sometimes you know I think it's called 
paralysis by by analysis. analysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's probably where I'm at, and I'm, I'm trying to change that. Um, other than that, personally, I'm also working on a bunch of things. I um, because for me, learning never stops. Uh, whether it's fitness or even anything outside of it, for me, uh, the constant need to kind of learn something is um, is always there, and I and, and has obviously it comes with so many benefits. So some of the things that I'm trying to do now is I'm I'm learning how to play the flute. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, musical instruments have always interested me, but I've never done it, and I'm I'm 31 now, so high time. <laughs> so I'm learning the flute now, so that's interesting. Also picked up even though i knew swimming uh i still wasn't really i hadn't really mastered it so that's something that i picked up as well and started swimming so yeah there are these different skills that i i'm, I'm into climbing now so oh a, yeah it's a we, newfound passion so okay. i'm really enjoying that so these are the things that i think i'm working on right now uh, i want to go back to the point when you mentioned about uh, you really do not want to wait for perfection and right. you really want to uh, you know take action mm -hmm. on things mm -hmm. uh, what caused you to change that uh, like why do, why are you not pursue, pursuing that philosophy of perfection sure, now sure because i because i realized that i have some really great ideas uh because of all the reading that i do and the people that i meet i have i've traveled extensively so i've met some really interesting people and i have some great ideas but i see that it's not really coming into effect um you know because if i look at my notes that i make on my phone or my the blackboard that i have in my bedroom i have some really great ideas but it's been there for a while <laughs> but there's nothing been you know done I mean, of course, not everything. I've done most of it, but I would say that there are a couple of them which I would have written down, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, but I haven't really executed it. And then, you know, I started to think, why is that happening? Like, why am I not doing it? Is there some amount of doubt in my head? What is stopping me from doing it? Why am I procrastinating? And then this is what I figured that one mm -hmm. of the main reasons is that I'm waiting for, for it to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a double-edged sword. Right, right. So, right. So, uh, when you when you think of the word successful, mm. Mm. you know w uh, what comes to your mind, or who, who are the people who come to your mind when you think of what's your definition of success? Sure, uh, for for me, for sure, success does not uh, mean how rich you are, what car you drive, how much money you have in your bank balance. These are all I feel are just accessories of life. Which, if you have, that's awesome, that's great. But for me, success is somebody who's in who's yeah to put it in simple words somebody who is really happy doing whatever he's doing mm. and not just in career but just in life doesn't really matter what is happening if somebody is able to be have like an equanimous mind and is able to kind of maintain that sense of satisfaction and enjoy within himself whether it's ups or downs, for me, that person is a successful person. Have you met anybody like that? I haven't met him. I would love to meet him, but Sadhguru okay. is somebody who I feel is, is is somebody who's successful. Like, I mean, of course, getting to his level is something else. Of course, you know, he's probably worked years and maybe lifetimes to be where, he, where he's had. But, but essentially, what I like, really like about him is he is completely unfazed by whatever happens outside of him. If he could be the same, uh, whether he is working with 9 million volunteers, which is obviously not easy, at the same time, he could be at the same kind of peace if he's sitting by himself. So that's the kind of success I look at. Right. Yeah.
Wow, that's 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 quite profound, actually, and it's a very high bar, actually, sometimes to really, it is. Or, or maybe it's in our mind, uh, maybe that it's a high bar. Uh, mm. uh, but the definition of success, I, I think, uh, if we start seeing from the lens of uh, the world's perspective, yeah, uh, we could be just chasing the wrong goal. Exactly. Per se. So exactly. I, yeah, I mean, it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to yeah. make money or be successful financially, but it's just that when that takes priority and that kind of uh, drives you. like if for example you know okay fine i got a raise now i'm happy now until you get your next raise then are you unhappy is the question that you need to ask so so if you're always chasing behind something if you if you're basing your happiness on something that's always going to happen in the future then you're never going to be happy because there's always going to be something else there's never going to be a point where you're like okay you know what now i've made it and i'm did you ever hear that no mm. it's always okay i've made this much money okay now next what i'm going to make this much money and then i'm going to be happy okay now when i get my next car i'm going to be happy <laughs> when i build my own house i'm going to be happy when i have my kid i'm going to be happy so if you're always going to base your happiness around something that's going to happen in the future then it's um, it's, it's a, a never ending chase dark right hole. yeah, yeah. Yeah that's that's interesting. Uh what's what's something uh, you had held as a very strong belief for many mm. many years. Mm. And in the recent years you have changed your mind about oh. that. <laughs> I think I mean I'm I'm guessing a lot of things have changed but one of the things that which uh which I kind of strongly believed uh right from school was that if somebody does something to you give it back. Okay. Uh something as simple as sure huh. something as simple as in school like I would be um mm. I would never be the first person to throw a punch. But if somebody <laughs> did something to me or punched me or got physical, then I would think in my head that is absolutely okay to hit back. And um I think what changed was I think when I start, got into martial arts um is where and i did it for quite a few years so i realized the kind of power that i had in terms of being able to really i don't know like beat somebody up <laughs> and when you know that you can do it then you start to think like you know uh you don't really want to do it and you start to learn that self control and then um i started to think about how to be in a situation where even if somebody throws a punch at me I'm not going to hit back. I'm just going to try to defuse that situation because I know that I have the skills to do that now. And then and then it just becomes uh it also then yeah changed from all of the other uh things that I got into whether it's meditation or yoga or spirituality etc where you realize that yeah and if somebody's um throwing abuses at you, if somebody is throwing punches at you, if somebody is being mean to you, it's not really you, it's them. Mm. And how you react is again not them, it's you. So if I'm going to say okay he hit me first so I'm going to hit him back then there's some issue within you which you haven't really fixed that's definitely changed uh, I think chances are slim uh, you know somebody who looks at you now yeah uh, <laughs> dares <Thinking>. hit you <laughs> for sure but then uh, so uh, that's that's a very interesting uh, way to look at things you 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 really feel uh, that you need to act more responsibly because mm-hmm. you're more powerful sure. than the average person out there yeah, and, yeah. and and you want to translate that philosophy in all other areas also mm. right yeah yeah okay. yeah because i mean if somebody i mean just like the uh this you know the dialogue in spiderman right uh, with more power comes more, more responsibility right. so it makes so much sense even though it's just a you know a, a superhero movie but it really is true because the people in power and the people who have certain advantages over the rest i think also 
you know come it comes with a certain amount of responsibility um because you are able to impact so many more lives when you are in those uh, kind of i mean of course again there shouldn't be like a moral line or you shouldn't put things restrictions in those kind of people like for example now there are celebrities some of them choose not to uh, endorse soft drinks some of them do right now it's again a individual choice you can't really say that okay just because you are celebrity that's just because you have 4 million followers on instagram you cannot talk about a sugary drink yes ideally somebody like me would not do it mm. but somebody else might so but then you know it's it's always um it has to come from within i would say like if if the person really feels that okay you know i have a certain responsibility and i and i know that me just putting it out there saying you know drink xyz soft drink is going to impact that let's say 1 million kids and if i choose not to do it then you know that makes a big impact so right. so yeah i think it comes from there uh, so uh, do, do you handle the your the business side of you know academy of strength or are you only focused on your craft uh, so do, do you do the business side also sure so with the academy of strength i have a um, a partner whose name is suhail and he handles operations mm. so i don't i'm not actively part of the operations of the gym um so i'm more i would say uh, looking at it from a uh, from a higher perspective so just making sure that you know things are happening and kind of being the the face of the brand if that's required helping with social media etc but i don't really get into the complete operations of it also because i'm not in the city most of the time i'm traveling um and with uh, and and most of my time also goes in my my other business which is the sweaty ninjas online training business so there i'm more actively involved because that requires my attention a lot more unfortunately suhail is you know is great what he does and he manages the gym uh, uh could you tell me uh, about sweaty ninjas a little bit w- what's the online training all about sure so sweaty ninja started with just um shweta and me just kind of working out together and putting videos out there and then we realized that you know we are we are good at what we do and we have the same value system so it made sense at one point to kind of work together and so that's been about i think 3 years since we started and it's been great uh so we've trained i think close to 500 to 600 clients since then and so essentially what we do is we have people come on board for about a 6 week course and in those 6 weeks people are given um a workout routine as well as a, a diet plan and we monitor them for those 6 weeks so uh so we we kind of chose those 6 weeks because it's enough time for people to kind of uh, not just change physically but also build certain healthy habits you know it takes some time for those habits to kick in so that's give give us enough time but at the same time it's not like a 3 months thing where people are finding it hard to commit so the main idea behind uh, you know online training is of course to help people to lose weight or put on weight or you know improve their performance etc but but the main uh, idea behind what we do is to kind of empower clients and give them the right um kind of information in terms of what they need to eat why they need to eat what they're eating why they need to train the way that we ask them to train and we kind of give them the science behind it and make them understand so that they can make these informed decisions once the training is done and kind of leave them not um wanting to again sign up with us but also kind of leave them in a in a place where they're more independent and being you know being able to take care of themselves for the rest of their lives uh, i've been uh, fortunate uh, to be part of the yes. you know sweaty ninja yes. online program and i must say uh, i am better tooled up Uh, as awesome. compared to the uh, time before the course right awesome. uh, and you guys really uh, 
work closely with each one of us with a with a very high sense of accountability yeah. so uh, so i think that was that was really uh, nice to see that you know it's not just another online program where you just log in and you know mm-hmm. just following some stats uh, there was a like a real person to person connection right and you right. really understood what my eating habits are or mm-hmm. my, what my lifestyle is and yes. then you get customized uh, you know solutions for those situations correct so and that's great to hear that you know that you're saying that now you have the tools to kind of um, you know look after yourself now because that is the biggest takeaway for us when we hear back from clients saying okay you know what i did the term with you guys a year ago and i'm but i'm still losing weight i'm still seeing progress i'm still uh, you know having my super green smoothie that you gave me uh, stuff like that you know that makes us uh feel really happy because then we know that we've made an impact and it's not just about because there are so many programs out there which will just make you lose weight let's say in about 6 weeks or like 2 months and then after that uh there's absolutely there is zero in we're not not really saying that there is uh there has to be interaction after that but if you're not leaving somebody with something so for me it's always about like even if you have one session with somebody um even if it's just for half an hour even if you can leave that you know just that little bit of impact even if it's just one word which they pick up from you and they can use it later then that's more impactful than making somebody sweat buckets for one hour and then <laughs> send them home and then tomorrow they don't know what to do right uh, i i recollect my my experience of working with both of you uh, you came across as somebody who's a little more accommodative mm. uh, compared mm. to shweta mm. who's right. <laughs> uh, uh, very uh, focused on getting you uh, helping you get results yes. uh, and she she may not show mercy right, right, <laughs> and right. uh, so i want to know uh, what are your styles you know <laughs> is it the same styles you maintain with every client or you guys take turns of <laughs> no i think that's pretty much how we are i'm the good cop she's the bad cop <laughs> so um, uh, but i love her you know so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so no 100% so i think that's we complement each other and i think that's why we work great as a team because she's a complete taskmaster a lot of the times um so we have you know different personalities she's somebody who's more impulsive gets things done really quickly so we need obviously need that for quick growth i'm the most stable person i would say and the one who's probably thinks through certain situations so you know that aspect also helps in the business so i think uh, that way even when we work with our clients we we handle it that way where you know if if clients have something to confess they probably tell me <laughs> but at the same time uh, shweta is the one who probably pushes them harder and gets them to do things which they probably thought they were not what they thought they couldn't yeah uh, what they're not capable of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's that's uh, quite interesting combination actually and that brings in both the energies of the dominant and mm. the uh, mm. you know somebody who is very caring so yeah, it's yeah. a good blend though yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> do do you lose your temper there uh, and when was the last time you lost your temper i'm curious so that happens very rarely i don't i'm a i'm a pretty calm person uh, again because of also also because of the kind of person that i am but also because of my you know my practices and the and the kind of um teachings that i've imbibed but yes i do lose my temper once in a while and it's usually more often than not it's on the road oh it's really when, yeah it's when if if there are bad drivers and uh not just bad driving to be honest but it's bad driving and then after bad driving not accepting your mistake and you know blaming the other person just because you can <laughs> so that really takes me off is, is there any interesting story you want to share where you you lost your temper in a very bad way ah <laughs> uh, let me think about it maybe it's not the best to talk about it all. you know what uh, you know my, my audience needs to know that dave is also human you know <laughs> <laughs> right okay wait um okay so there was this one guy who um was on a bike and he so i was parked in the signal and then there was this guy who overtook me from the left and 
hit my mirror my car is stopped i'm not even moving and this guy hits my mirror and then keeps going but of course he couldn't go far because the signal was red so he just right. stopped right there and then i just put down the glass and i'm i'm like what the hell like you just hit it and he didn't even acknowledge it like it, he hit it really bad like the the mirror went like in the opposite direction right and then the minute i said that he got super aggressive so he was somebody who i think was already either in a bad mood or just you know one of those guys of who those just days, wanted yeah. to mm-hmm. wanted to pick a fight uh so then he started hurling abuses and then i got out of my car um uh, so ideally i should have stayed in my car but i got out of my car and and you know i went up to him and i'm like what the hell and there was no conversation he just took his helmet and he took a swing at me like on my took a wow, took a, yeah took really? a swing at my head well fortunately <laughs> i've done some martial arts so like you know i didn't think about it too much like my hand just went up and i i blocked it so he hit my hand and then i just had to give him you remembered yeah, your old philosophy yeah. so, so <laughs> it was more of a reaction i would say rather right. than a so it was because you know when you are practicing martial arts the first thing that you do is block right. you would defend and then sometimes your defense itself is offense so uh so i caught him off guard and uh, then after that so but the funny part is i try to stop every single time like i would make sure i like he understands that you know do not hit me because you're going to get hurt right. but at the same time i would back off i would take two steps back but then he would charge back at me again <laughs> so this went on for a while and, and until then you know and then the signal was green and everybody's honking and i'm like <laughs> i'm trying to create distance but this guy is coming at me so finally then it ended up in the police station and then Uh um, wow. Yeah, and then him apologizing and then you know fixing my car etc so that's that's an interesting story. I think uh it's a rare occurrence. I don't think it's that every other day that Yeah, it uh, doesn't it doesn't happen often but but the thing is again, you know, uh, it again teaches me that as much as you think you're in control, sometimes when things go haywire is when you react. Right. And right. reacting and responding are two different things mm. like you know you could react and then there there are always consequences to every action that you do so if you're able to kind of that's what i want to work on you know because in a situation like this in a controlled environment you're able to stay calm but mm. can you stay calm when things go Yeah. uh hey right is, is because in, in this situation it felt completely unjust actually what what happened sure. and uh, the person had an attitude that he's right almost sure sure yeah and uh, but, but then again you know that can't be an excuse also to do what you do in in the sense that i can always say like he took a swing at me first and he tried to hit me with with his helmet and that's why i hit him back but then you know uh it's it's again going back to could i have not hit him and still control the situation which i think i did to an extent right but i'm sure there's there's always scope for work there <laughs> <laughs> you you are now 31 years old right yeah. uh, so what are your thoughts on marriage and partnership hmm. uh, what so, are, what's your philosophy sure but i don't think there's a philosophy but um uh, I, I, i remember there was a insta live call uh, many uh, i think maybe a year back when right. you were t- touring somewhere i think right. you were in australia i think okay. and somebody asked you this question you know marriage and oh, really what did i say you you used a fancy name some something you said and you said look it up uh something about th- there was some fancy answer you gave and really? it, yeah so i'm i'm curious are you still holding on to that fancy <laughs> answer <laughs> uh i don't remember what i said i might have said something on the lines of um being uh, uh self uh something yeah, something like uh y- you have a relationship with yourself right, something like right, that right, yeah, right, yeah, right. maybe yeah <laughs> it's probably some <laughs> sounds like something i want to say but yeah no i um again you know i um it's great of course to have a companion it's it's great to have somebody who you can share things with and you know 
but at the same time i feel uh, every individual should be also okay with just being by himself or herself uh, and if if um, if you constantly feel the need that you need to be with somebody then that means that in some way you are incomplete mm. um, i'm not saying i'm there i'm not saying i'm you know uh, uh, somebody who's complete and you know doesn't need somebody but i'm saying that you know it's some it's it's something that everybody needs to work on uh firstly acknowledging that fact because for most people uh without uh you know even thinking about it the first thing they will say is yeah of course you need to get married of course you need to have kids of course you need to have uh, some person with you what's the point of living alone um so i think that's just a, again um, a very very narrow way to look at it absolutely nothing wrong with mm. wanting to be with somebody but you shouldn't look at it as that's the only way mm. uh so for me marriage uh is great if it works if it doesn't then of course yeah. you know so um if you ask me personally what do i think i don't know yet i'm still in uh, two minds about it I think my my parents are going to freak out if they hear this <laughs> but but yeah i don't know if if marriage is on the cards for me like i for me um i'm i'm very happy be- with being with somebody even if even if you're not married but uh if um because again you know marriage is is something for most people is done because of society mm. because of peer pressure mm. because society expects you to get married uh that would not be a reason for me uh, to get into marriage if i really want to get into marriage i really would want to be completely convinced about the concept of marriage and i would expect the same from my partner right so so i'm open to it i'm not against it but at the same time i will not get married because i am 31 years old i will not get married because my parents asked me to get married i will not get married because i feel like oh shit it's time to have kids uh, okay girls uh, all of you who were wondering <laughs> this question it's just <laughs> it's been revealed so plan your moves accordingly you know <laughs> what's something uh, you know people seem to you know misunderstand about you ah uh, I think uh, what I've heard recently or realized recently is that people think people are um people are in some way scared of me like uh I don't know maybe that's the kind of message that is there on social media like they I've heard that people are kind of somehow they guarded in front of me they feel like they cannot uh, uh let's say I don't know like drink or smoke or uh you know be open in certain ways because they feel like because of whatever the the kind of messaging that i put out there on instagram um they feel maybe they need to be a little bit careful in front of the world but, but but yeah i mean it's just a very interesting we, point so i i think the moral compass is so high that they feel being judged in your presence exactly if, if, yeah yeah but which is which is unfortunate because i'm 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 the last person who judges people i i give people advice if they want advice i don't really you know just dish it out uh, to everybody each and but it's just it's just me and uh and also have um and I do things as well it's not that I don't drink uh you know it's of course it's it's social and it's not something that I do every day but but um uh, there is a side to me which might not be showcased on social media and there's a reason why again you know the right. what I spoke about about responsibility and uh, because it's very easy for me to let's say post a picture of me having a beer um uh, now there are two trains of thought here like some people would say yeah so what it's your life you know you should put it out there it's it's you being human but and then there's another way of th- looking at it saying like i understand what is moderation i understand okay i'm having this 
mug of beer maybe once a week or whatever and you know having a couple of drinks but somebody who's watching it might look like okay you know what he looks like this he's drinking beer so why should i stop yeah and the for him the takeaways could be completely yeah, different right for him my two beers for him could be 20 beers and how did you get to learn about this misunderstanding or this perspective that people have how did you learn uh just like when i meet people you know this once they meet me they realize oh this guy's actually chilled out like he's laid back he's not as intense as he is on right. on instagram <laughs> <laughs> what's an unusual habit or something absurd that you do uh, that you love to do that is something only you do and you know people oh like what what's sure. that you doing right so i think uh, i don't know if it's unusual maybe it is unusual um a lot of the times i work out um uh, with like a podcast running i don't know if that's normal but <laughs> but uh, a lot of the times yeah so because i don't usually have the time to just sit and listen to podcasts when i'm not doing anything mm. so either when i'm driving or driving of course you know most people do that but during working out and i'm doing like pretty intense workouts and and uh so i'm able to kind of you know focus on the the interesting stuff that's being spoken in the podcast and at the same time you know pay attention to my workouts okay. i don't know, I, I, yeah, I don't I, know if people do that yeah i don't think it's unusual but yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a very productive way to use your time i guess sure sure uh, no i know a lot of people listen to like music. motivational stuff oh. music of course but yeah. also like motivational talks and stuff hmm. and i'm not talking about that it could just be like anything it could just be like a podcast on like Uh, how hormones affect your body or right. you know uh, so you're pretty much learning actually yeah yeah, yeah. okay so. uh, uh, what are the podcasts you generally listen to do you have any go to pod- podcast uh, joe rogan for sure i love right. the guy uh, and just how honest he is and he's just so natural at that man how he does it and of course the guests that he brings on board oh yeah um uh, also rich roll rich uh, roll yeah. yeah is another podcast that i really enjoy so and there are a few who in the fitness uh industry also to listen to it all right so uh we'll just move on to some more topics and i think i would not take <laughs> too much of ta- of your time uh, uh who are some of the people you know uh, in the current day or from the history uh, you know who exemplify their you know uh, mm. best in the field of health and mm-hmm. fitness mm-hmm. uh any anybody comes to your mind for me who's always been an inspiration right from when i was a kid to even now is jackie chan ah and i think that is probably true for most people my age or who grew up kind of watching his movies uh and why is that because the guy is just his uh involvement with what he does is just extreme it's another level and um you see it like you know it's very easy for him f- to just say like okay you know what i'm already famous i'm already uh uh you know have millions of dollars why do i need to do the stunts but if you see like even until recently whenever his recent movie was he's still doing his own stunts mm. and and the guy is now what 50 60 years old yeah yeah um so it's just you can make out that there's so much passion and so much love to his craft and um and again you know this is again coming from that martial arts uh, background and having the way of life uh, or the fitness as a way of life is is, is this guy is been so fit for now 30 to 40 years yeah. and to in- maintain that kind of discipline is uh is something else right. so you know it's a big big inspiration for me and that's probably one of the reasons why i got into martial arts in the first place just okay. watching jackie chan movies you were mentioning another name too you were about to mention the uh, another um other than jackie chan i would say another inspiration would be arnold 
Okay. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, not so much because of the way he looked. Of course, that is impressive. Uh, but his work ethic. Mm. And, um, you know, if you just look up some of his uh, YouTube videos or his secrets of success that he talks about, this guy is, is just, he went from being in a small town in Austria to just moving to the US and winning I don't know how many Mr. Olympias to then becoming the highest paid actor in Hollywood to then becoming the governor of California. So he's literally gone from like completely different mm. fields like there's not even related and at every stage of his life he was always ridiculed or for example when he went to the US mm. from Austria he was like you know Love his it, family yeah. was like you know what are you going to do and that time bodybuilding was not even that big um, and then again from becoming this huge guy getting into Hollywood where you know everybody said Hollywood there's no chance for you like nobody looking like this can be successful so so there was always something which was always stopping him but his just his grit and determination and the kind of hard work that he put in and being able to success be successful in very contrasting fields yeah. is, is very impressive yeah so he was very very multidisciplinary right yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I think he never gave up I think you you spoke very right about the work mm. ethic uh, mm. he was like very very focused on getting whatever he wanted yeah to do. and having this vision you know he when he wants something he just like is constantly thinking about it and I think that uh, that is like a game changer uh, you were one of the strong contestant in Spartan X right okay and uh, why don't you share some experience of Spartan X that was sure. very impressive I did sure. see the show though oh you did I did okay. <laughs> uh, so Spartan X yeah I think happened uh, about three or four years back and uh, this was shot in Hungary. So this was like a reality game show that happened. Uh, it was a Netherlands production and we had about people from about, if I'm not mistaken, 13 countries. Mm. And um, and each of us, all of the different athletes were from different backgrounds. So there were like Paco guys, there were um, weightlifters, there were functional trainers, there were kickboxers. Yeah, everyone um, was impressive guy out yeah, there. You yeah, know, like, yeah. yeah, so it was, it, was, it was a nice mix of people and it was like, actually it was an incredible, uh, experience because the the concept was this so there was a there was a castle mm. uh, and this was shot in Holoka a small village in Hungary and so essentially if you do well in the games um, you would stay in the castle and if you if you were the worst performing Spartan uh, athlete then you would go to the the woods you right. literally lived in the forest in a tent and this is when it was really cold in Europe and 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 you literally were surviving just with this very simple stuff that they gave you. So there was like a bag of rice, there was some potatoes, there was some, and we had to just basically cook ourselves. We had to, we were living a Spartan life basically. Absolutely, so they yeah. had recreated this Spartan era. And then the, the tasks were really, really grueling both mentally and physically. And uh, so it, it, it was a very challenging uh, experience, but at the same time, it was, it was amazing because you're literally, you know, you're experiencing the Spartan life and you are literally living in a castle and then, <laughs> Um, you know, kind of fighting for survival. So that kind of a situation. So yeah, fortunately, I went up to the last episode, but unfortunately couldn't make it to the last. No, but that was a hell of a task uh, to overcome. And I, I remember the episode when you really had to climb up the wall. And, yeah. you know, uh, it was not an easy climb at all. Like so challenging to just go all over the, you know, like on, on yeah. a rope. Yeah. And yeah. there were such promising athletes who were just dropping right, <laughs> right in that <laughs> round. And, you know. So, so, yeah. So because they tested you on pretty much everything under right. the sun. So you had to be a good runner. You had to be a good weightlifter. You had to, as, a, as, you, know, as you said, know how to climb a rope. You had right. to know how to cut wood. You know how to build a fire. All of those things. Right. So, 
so there wasn't really one uh, person who was good at everything so if you were somebody who were good at most things then you would do well so so as you said yeah some, so for example there was a parkour athlete on it who was one of the the top five parkour athletes in the world great at jumping and you know doing somersaults and you know all of these things but then something as simple as climbing a rope was hard for him because he had never done it you know so uh, so fortunately, because I was into functional training and, you know, my, my expertise was all of these things, which was like focus on different aspects of fitness. So I think I fared really well. And it was climbing the rope is something that I do <laughs> every other day in the gym. So that was great. How was that show, uh, you know, in changing your worldview? Because that was, I think, one of the yeah. first times you collaborated with that kind of athletes right. uh, from various parts of the world. Yeah. Uh, so how was your worldview changed after that? Yeah, it just gave me, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, a perspective from uh, so many different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Just people from different walks of life uh, coming together and then, um, you know, we obviously there wasn't too much time to discuss personal life. But whatever little bit that we did, you know, it was interesting to see how each person has reached where they've reached. And then, um, you know, to get to see how each person deals with these different challenges, you see how some people, for example, will be super competitive and what, no matter what they want to win, some people will be a little bit more empathetic, some people will form connections. So it was really nice to see how each person kind of deals with, because when you are in that stressful situation for like two or three weeks, you really start to see people for who they really are right because the first week it's all like yay hi nice to see you i'm from india i'm from spain i'm from brazil whatever but then you see after two weeks two and a half weeks when things really start to get heated then you see you know you see the person <laughs> for who they really are so it was interesting yeah. wow yeah do you listen to music apart from podcast i do <laughs> no, no no i love music it's just that i don't have any particular genre uh, it really depends on what I'm doing, the activity. So if I'm driving, I kind of listen to maybe like George Ezra. If I'm uh, meditating or if I you know, want like a, a, a mellow kind of uh, scene, maybe Prem Joshua, like Sounds of Isha. Uh, sometimes when I'm working out, if I'm lifting heavy or if I'm doing like an intense workout, maybe like Audio Slave or Iron Man. So, uh, sorry, Iron Maiden. So, so it um, really depends on the mood and really depends on the activity that I'm doing. And, and how much do you think music plays a role in, in your triggering emotions? Do you, do you, mm. do you think workouts, uh, yeah. uh, this kind of music you actually listen to, sure. really can uh, you know, boost your... 100%, okay. 100%. Uh, I think it can play a big role. And that's actually one of the reasons why I don't depend on it too much. Mm. Because uh, it again builds a dependency. Uh, so even when I'm meditating, I actually prefer not to have any music. Sometimes when I'm doing like maybe visualization or something like that, it's okay, I put it on. But when I'm actually meditating, I want to do it without music because I know if I start listening to music, then I'm going to always associate that activity with that music. So for example, one day if I don't have music, then I shouldn't feel demotivated to work out because if I'm always going to depend on putting on my earphones, then again, you're building that dependency, right? So I try to kind of as much as possible, keep those two, two things separate. Uh, but for sure, yes, I think uh, music can be a mood changer for sure. Uh, Dave, you come across as somebody who's very zen-like. You you really <laughs> are, uh, you know, extremely aware of your actions. And you uh, uh, you just articulated the very fact that if I'm listening to music and that dependency will make it yeah. a problem later. I think that's a very aware way of functioning, uh, which is quite beautiful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's it's, I think, a work in progress. Uh, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm working towards every single day. And uh, for, fortunately, I don't have like an end goal. It's not like, okay, I want to be enlightened after 10 years or any, any such sort. But 
I want to make sure that I'm constantly improving every every time. And uh, I, I feel that every time that I work on these things and the better I get, the happier I'm, I'm getting. And there are lesser, um, because what happens is when you start to have these dependencies or expectations, there is always cause for disappointment. Mm. Uh, but when when there is no such thing, when when you are happy with whatever you have, and it doesn't matter who comes into your life, who goes out of your life, what comes into your life, what goes out of your life, if those things don't matter to you, then you're always going to constantly be in a state of happiness and joy. So with with COVID coming into play, uh, a lot has changed, especially in your industry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, you know, the situation is such that people really cannot be in a, in a, in, a, in a place where there are high volume of footfall. Okay, and uh, so how do you see or how are you dealing with this situation, especially for, you know, uh, Academy of Strength? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure these are uncertain times and uh, it's going to take some time. So it's probably going to be a pretty slow this whole year. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> we've kind of made peace with the fact that it's only going to be 2021 when we'll again start to see kind of business like what we were seeing before. Uh, but having said that, I mean, again, it's not under our control, so there's no point in worrying about something that's not under your control. So we're trying to make the most of the situation right now. Uh, we're going to start group classes in about a day's time uh, and, uh, of course, have restricted number of people coming in in every batch, trying to make sure that all the guidelines that the government has uh, advised is, is on board. And um, I think, you know, slowly, I think, people need to slowly build confidence and come out of their shells. And I think that's happening already. If you go to restaurants now all over Bangalore, people are stepping out. Uh, of course, you know, you need to be careful at the same time, don't become too reckless. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, just sitting at home is not going to uh, help you in any way. You need to start getting out, build some immunity, have some social interaction um, and slowly kind of bring things back to normal. And hopefully, um, you know, with some of the government's help as well, you know, if, I don't know about the vaccine and how long it's going to take to come out. And uh, but that's, again, something that I'm not um, have two minds about. I don't know if I want to take this vaccine <laughs> in the first place, because if I have the ability to have enough immunity and build the antibodies for it, I don't know if I want to put something foreign into my mm. body. But I also understand that for a lot of people, it is necessary and uh, hopefully that will come out soon and things will return to normal. Uh, you're one of the senior coaches in the country and uh, a lot of trainers look up to you as, as inspiration and for guidance. Uh, so this is a very challenging time uh, and yeah. uh, what kind of message you want to just convey to the people who's actually pretty much livelihood depends on sure. coaching or training yeah. and they are without jobs at the moment. Yeah. Uh, are there any innovative solutions or any, any interesting approaches they can think about? No, I think people are, trainers and coaches are already kind of evolving and getting into the online space which most people were not into before and i understand for a lot of people it might be challenging if they haven't done it before but i think um you know and this is not just with covid but with any situation i would say that you know you have to adapt you have to be ready to adapt and you know you have to be willing to make any kind of changes that are required for you to be able to survive and fitness as i was saying earlier is a is an evolving industry it's never going to be the same every few years things are going to change so if you're not really up to speed with what's happening in terms of you know technology or um the science behind uh you know all of these changes that are happening then you are going to fall back so my advice would be to just you know um look at all your look at all your options don't be scared to try something new uh, get out of your comfort zone. <clears throat> it's not always going to be, uh, because if you see some of the people who got into certain ways of training, they are still 
after 10 15 years are still doing the same thing mm-hmm. but then you'll start seeing that these people will get obsolete soon because mm. you know if you don't change with the times then you are going to lose that right i think yeah that makes a lot of sense uh, the rate at which technology is changing and the mm. way uh, people are approaching to fitness uh, if you do not make some changes to yourself i think you will just miss out on the opportunity yeah, absolutely for sure uh Uh, what's your advice to somebody who's uh, pretty much you know he he doesn't plan to come out to the gym though but he wants to do something in the house like home based workouts and i i am sure you and shweta did a lot of series on the home based workouts which were immensely valuable i think a lot of us benefited from that uh, so what's your, what is uh, what are those few exercises or lifestyle habits if they implement it has a compounding effect in many areas of their life and it can become a way of living what is your recommendation for somebody who's doing it from home um so i think now uh, there are so many uh, options because everybody is now getting into online training so i think for somebody starting off i would advise them to do a little bit of research don't be in a hurry and just sign up for anything and everything under the sun just see do a little bit of research maybe talk to other people who've done uh, programs before etc and and really sign up with a a trainer who knows what he or she is doing um because to be honest training somebody online is a lot more challenging than training somebody face to face um so unless the the coach really has some experience of doing this before or has a good understanding of the human body etc uh it could be a little tricky so i would say first thing they need to do is do some research see who's good in the industry and kind of uh, opt for those options because now there are so many options um but also mm, get a little bit more i would say independent um stop relying too much on somebody else mm. you know that's that's because that's what's eventually going to let you uh figure out your own journey mm. because if you're constantly going to depend on a trainer if you're constantly going to depend on an app if you're constantly going to depend on um you know some kind of um external help then you will always be dependent you will always be handicapped so i think there has to be some amount of commitment that has to come from the client itself yeah and uh, that would probably be the best way to look at it from an online perspective uh, dev coming that from you i think that that's quite a bold statement because uh, in your industry pretty much everybody endorses that you must connect stay connected with the coach all mm. the time and you mm. you really liberated a person by telling you know what get yeah. uh, you know enable yourself you know tool up and figure out maybe learn from the best but then don't be totally dependent that's that's Correct. a very bold statement to make <laughs> so but but yeah really. i mean yeah that's like i mean there are two ways i guess to do business one is you keep the uh clients always you know coming back to you and uh which is not this is not really the way i work for me it's about you know as i mentioned earlier it's just build that independence in the clients itself and if they really want to come back they'll come back but just um not giving them all the tools that you can in spite of the fact that you having the tools and holding things back and then you know doing it only because only if that person pays me a certain amount is not really the way i work i mean fair enough if somebody wants to work like that and that's the way they do business you know it's it's not none of my concern but yeah it's not it's not how i <laughs> it's not how i see things that's yeah. that's really beautiful actually i think uh, people can sense one's intention and heart you know right. uh, in, in right. the long term you know there Absolutely. are there are people who can just be a rip off with you know some kind of endorsement telling that you know come 6 weeks transformation sure. and then you know you do not see them at all after the yeah, money exactly. is being paid exactly. uh, so you guys are uh, especially you uh, yeah you and shweta i meant and uh, in your online online space yeah. are very committed uh, with a ongoing relationship with your 
uh, with your clients, clients yes. and it's like some kind of a friendship which is sure. getting developed yeah, so yeah, yeah, and absolutely. you you start building a community of people mm. who are like minded and yes. they want to grow and learn so yes, that's yeah. really beautiful yeah i think that community is is a very important factor uh, because you know when when there are other people also you know doing things that you're doing then you you automatically want to continue and you know you just don't feel alone then so and and as you said having the same kind of mindset really helps because then you feed off each other's energy and you kind of support each other so yeah i think that's that's important all right so i think we are almost coming to the end of the podcast uh, i'm still waiting on that funny story with the client <laughs> do, you, do you recollect anything funny which? story with the client okay so there's this uh, one personal training client that i had uh, a couple of years back um, who who also now is a friend but yeah so so we finished training and then you know uh, she's obviously trying to lose weight and then we have this intense session and all of that and you know i talked to her about um because she's great in the gym she does all the work that i ask her to do etc but she's a little gullible when it comes to food so <laughs> so, <laughs> so we finished the session and then uh, i i go down it's, it's it's after about 10 minutes i i take a break and i go down and i'm going to one of the shops close by to get something and then i i walk up and then i see uh this very same client standing there and then <laughs> i just tap her on the back and then she turns around and she has one samosa and one cake <laughs> <laughs> one in each hand and i didn't even have to say anything and then she was so shocked she was so shocked she had like a mouth wide open we just burst out laughing it was just a funny moment and then after Huh. So I'll see you back in the gym then. <laughs> that must not have been a easy conversation after that for sure. Really caught red handed. <laughs> how how's your reaction these days if you see a client who's not complying with uh, you know yeah. what they commit to? Yeah. Sure. So um as I was saying earlier like I I don't take up too many uh personal Post- training uh, clients right now because of no time. So if I do take up um any one of these uh clients if I do then um i obviously have very limited time so i make it very clear to them saying that you know i am giving you this time uh, please make it worth it so if i feel like somebody is not really uh, 100% there then i'd rather not train that person so uh, i kind of make sure that i get that commitment from them and make them understand that you know this is valuable not because not just because you know of me or because of the time that i'm putting but i don't want you also to put in that time and effort and energy and just waste it uh so i'd rather not train you if you're not serious than if you're serious so i think over the years that has changed where i'm a bit picky and choosy about who i train uh, again not coming from a uh a, a a side of saying that okay i want to train this person i don't want to train this person but i really want them to take ownership mm-hmm. and only if they feel like they can give their 100% at least 90% is when i feel like you know i can make an impact in their in their lives i mean of course again if somebody is not able to give that kind of commitment there are other options it's not that everybody has to train with me i like give them other options i either refer them to other coaches mm-hmm. or um the academy of strength where they can come and train in the gym in indranagar or you know online training whatever it is so we, obviously i try to give them other solutions but if i'm taking them up i expect a certain level of commitment yeah makes sense totally uh dev this has been a delight i think uh, we went into so many aspects of your your world actually yeah. and uh, you were very generous with your with your advice and uh, i think this would be of high value to people who really are in this space especially right, right. and people who are also very keen on fitness and health so 
uh, I really had a blast uh, Thank you. having this conversation <laughs> with you. Thank you so much for having me on air. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, so on Instagram, uh, I'm called as Ninja Dev. Uh, they can either search for Ninja Dev or Devrat Vijay. Uh, if people are interested in online training, they can look up Sweaty Ninjas. Um, and if they are interested, if they live in Bangalore and close to Indranagar, they can always drop into the Academy of Strength. That's what it's called on Instagram as well, Academy of Strength. Uh, it's a functional training space where we uh, kind of teach people functional training, animal flow, mobility, and uh, it's a fun space. Great. And uh, uh, we will uh, put in the show notes of all the things that you mentioned. And if people want to check out, sure. uh, you know, they can just click the link and uh, explore. Any final thoughts to the uh, people who are listening? Um, sure. I mean, if um, something that really stayed with me and which I kind of, which I think everybody can work on is to go from uh compulsiveness to consciousness which is just to put it in simple words is um try to study all of the things that you do on a daily basis like you know uh just look at just observe all the smaller things you're doing uh doesn't really have to be big drastic changes but small things that you're doing maybe compulsively out of more like a reaction and try to change that to make it more uh conscious so something as simple as you know some people don't even think when they're passing by let's say uh, the table they maybe pick up like a, a sweet and then you know put it in their mouth and then keep walking right something as you know uh, trivial as that whereas if you are conscious about what you're doing then you probably wouldn't pick that up and maybe you would eat like a fruit which is more healthy so just kind of making these small changes moving from compulsiveness to consciousness is this can can be life transforming in the long run very very uh, very very profound message at the end uh, so people listening uh, you know take that advice i think uh, we really can benefit from that uh, dev uh, it's been a super honor to have you on the show and i am really looking forward to bring this out to the world awesome thank you so much i hope you enjoyed the show all the key points discussed will be available in the show notes at uh, www.rareearth.com that is r a r e e r t h.com uh, yes there is no a in that thank you for listening to the podcast uh, if you really liked and enjoyed the show please do give me your feedback review and rate it on itunes or any listening app of your choice do subscribe and share with your friends thank you